Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another game night with Eddie Soleil. I'm your host, Eddie, and we are going to be previewing today an unfortunate loss. Lakers just lost to the Houston uh, Rockets. It was another overtime thriller, and this time the the Lakers lost 134 to 138. Our next game is going to be against the Warriors. Lakers here um, on two back-to-back overtime games. Glad I got to see both of them. Today we're going to be talking about today's game. Also, just going to be taking or reviewing over some notes for tomorrow's championship Sunday Rams against the Saints and Patriots against the Chiefs. So we're going to get into a little bit of the uh, Sean versus Sean out there in New Orleans. And we're going to see about this Mahomes guy against our Patriots. So thanks everybody for tuning in. Without further ado, let's get to talking about some Laker basketball and Patriot football. So we'll talk about how the Lakers basically dropped a 21-point lead to the Houston Rockets here over the course of, you know, two quarters and, you know, five minutes in overtime. Um, So third quarter, four minutes, 55 seconds left into the game. Lakers were up 74 to 72 And the Rockets were playing much better defense than earlier in the game. So in the first quarter, um, the Lakers scored the most points in any first quarter this season with 39 points and 20 points by Kyle Kuzma. Um, We were seeing a lot of great defense by KCP on Harden, shadowing um, essentially the left side of James Harden so that he can't basically take advantage and drive to the to the bucket as much as he would like to as comfortably as he would like to um so he was forcing Harden to uh dish it out to the right and it was working really well for the Lakers most of the game I mean we were up uh basically the whole game up until that last fourth quarter um even last couple minutes into the game and we'll get to that right now um so um we then go from 74 to 72 to 80 points for the lakers to 77 for the rockets and at this point the rockets were shooting seven for 13 from the three-point line and that was also uh much improved from the first half and really um what the tail of this story um or what the story of this um pointing system or basically how the houston rockets were scoring points versus the lakers is the rockets were shooting and making a lot more three-pointers than the the lakers so 
a statistic that I can point to is right here. So the Lakers were shooting 52% from the, you know, from the field. And um, the Rockets were only shooting 42%. However, the Lakers were shooting 27% from the three-point line. And the Rockets 36% from the three-point line. Which essentially made the difference because the Rockets were able to clean up that 21-point lead with three after three um, getting contested non-contested three-pointers and just flushing them um so mcgree uh mcgee mcgee we saw that as a, as the number five for the lakers when he was on the court he was playing great rebounding great and um being methodical with the pick and roll i think that we stopped playing that when we inserted zubak and for some reason um although Luke Walton was being very, you know, strategic, and he has been over the last couple games. He's been very strategic with the personnel changes and, you know, the the switches that he's made um, with the bench players. But I think today he got maybe a little bit too confident in Zubak um, because JaVale McGee was doing great, and we needed just that bigger presence later into later in the game so that we can get a lot more blocks in um i don't think that zubox he was um i don't think he was performing that great at the end uh he ended up getting fouled out in the game six fouls towards the end but like i mentioned we'll get to that um 86 82 at the end of the third quarter so the rockets were down 21 points at one at one point in the first half of the game and they started playing better defense. Lonzo, uh, he got injured and left in the third quarter. He rolled on his ankle and was sent to get x-rays on the wheelchair. But he actually ended up leaving the stadium, went to the hospital because the x-ray machine wasn't working there. Um, so throughout the rest of the game, at, after that third quarter, um, you definitely saw that we were missing that point guard action and that defense that uh, Lonzo Ball has been, you know, performing with and providing the team with. Um, we just didn't have that point guard to be leading the squad the rest of the game, although we were um, maintaining a close lead. So 92-85 in the fourth quarter, Beasley with eight points. Um in the paint and then the Rockets with 51 three-pointers shot by this point um, Lakers then maintained the lead 95-88 with Lance Stevenson two back-to-back three-pointers Stevenson um, really great off the bench and I think he became our you know impromptu point guard after Lonzo Ball went out the game uh, I think he was doing a great job but there just wasn't this level of communication that you regularly saw when Lonzo was in the, in the game. And I think that's what made the difference towards the end of the game. So, 99-94, Lakers up fourth um, in, in the fourth quarter. 
with 825 left Lakers moving the ball well and hitting tough shots uh, driving to the rim so although we remain we're maintaining a lead there was you could see possession after possession that it was getting tougher and tougher to make uh, make our shots and maintain this lead so with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter we were up 104 to 96 with Lance Stevenson four for four from the three-point line um, and then Houston started rallying um, they rallied with a seven to four point uh, went on a seven to four point run with James Harden turning it up on defense um, he had a play where he stole the ball from a, a Laker ran across the, the court crossed over somebody and got to the bucket um, forcing a timeout by the Lakers with four minutes and 30 seconds left in that fourth quarter um, also other players that were um, essentially creating opportunities and creating this point separation for Houston um, or at least it was allowing Houston to uh, stay in the game, stay within range. Um, Gerald Green with 17 points. He was guarding Kuzma, and he was being really effective on him all game. Uh, P.J. Tucker, uh, a great veteran, also all night with great hustle play and playing inspired and really part of the reason for this close game. So Lakers still up 112-103. to 103 in the fourth quarter with uh, 245 left uh, Ingram um, shooting really well uh, getting to the free throw line two for two and really Ingram turning it up in overtime um, we'll get to that in a sec but Ingram I think instead of Stevenson Ingram really had to step up and, and be that point guard for the team maybe get Zubax out of the game put McGee in and just run a different lineup with maybe Josh Hart and uh, Kuzma and KCP um, as well in the game. Um, but we were seeing this lineup with Zubak at the center. Um, and really, he was doing really well. He was scoring really well, getting to the rim, playing really great effort. Um, but Harden, you know, like I mentioned, he was turning up. Um closing the gap 114 to 109 um, and then 116 to 109 with one minute left in that fourth Zubak um, and Lance really establishing a connection uh, Lance dribbling to the right side of the lane one play and um, dishing it out to Zubak uh, Zubak get, get, gets fouled on that play and then shoots two for two on that free throw line Zubak really um, Ivica Zubak, that center, um, shooting really well from the free throw line, honestly, all night. And then Ingram as well. So, with 36 seconds left in the fourth quarter, Harden, another three, closing that gap again, 116 to 112. And then 118 to 115, uh, another Zubak and Lance connection. But then also followed yet again with another hardened three. So what ended up happening, especially we saw towards the last plays of the game, is the Lakers having to rely on great connection, communication to dish a two in 
and then harden like nothing splashing threes so at the end of the day that's how the houston rockets were able to pull away with this win more three-point shooting better three-point shooting than um the lakers were um and then 120 to 117 with five seconds left in the in the quarter zubak still pulling through with some clutch free throws and this was you know the end of the game was going down to the seconds so 120 to 117 laker lead by three points and then eric gordon splashes three points to send us into overtime and then in overtime in overtime houston takes the lead 126 to 128 and gordon eric gordon just going to the free throw line shooting two for two um ingram shooting a buzzer beater on one possession to keep us tied at 128 to 128 and then harden too easy going to the paint uh, and getting his free throws this you know overtime was just a crazy lead changes so we were tied and then hardened with his free throws pulls it up to 128 to 130 rockets and another player uh, i think it was eric gordon to the free throw line 130 to 131 houston um and we were at 133 left in overtime um then another free throw made it 130 to 132 houston up harden um one for two in the free throws uh to really give it give the rockets the lead but that free throw that harden shot to give the rockets a two-point lead 130 to 132 was zubak's six foul in the six foul in the game and he fouled out um josh hart replacing him um so at this point i believe we were playing small ball because the rockets were just shooting threes and we needed more speed on the court but i think as soon as um harden made these last free throws um the game really started getting out of hand so um Harden just kept going to to the rim and getting fouled and 132 to 134 with 11 seconds left it was a two-point game when Kuzma loses the ball and turns it over allowing the the Rockets to take advantage and score another couple points ending the match 134 to 138 Rockets beating the Lakers and um, a couple of stats for these um, players Kuzma 32 points 8 rebounds 3 assists Ingram 21 points 5 rebounds 4 assists Zubak 17 points 7 rebounds 1 assist Uh, Lance Stevenson 16 points 2 rebounds 4 assists JaVale McGee I believe it was his birthday today 12 points, 14 rebounds, 1 assist. Um, and then on the Rockets, it was really Harden. James Harden with another crazy game. 48 points, 
8 rebounds, 6 assists. Eric Gordon, 30 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Um, Gerald Green, 17 points, 3 rebounds, 3 rebounds and 2 assists. Um, I think this game... It, it taught us a lot about the Lakers. It taught us that uh, our, our young team, we can play ahead. But at the same time, it taught us that we still need some sort of like stronger presence, some strength, some length on, on the field when, I mean, on the court when it comes to going up against teams that can shoot three-pointers like we have to be in their face and play great defense um that's it's really what ended up making the difference is that we weren't contesting the shots on the rockets enough for the for the from the three-point line so they were being way more efficient than us and uh, on our side on offense we just weren't shooting great at all from the three-point line. We don't have a great three-point shooter on the squad. I think KCP and Josh Hart, our shooting guards, aren't consistent enough at all. Um, LeBron, if anything, uh, once he gets back into the game, he definitely is a much better three-point shooter than some of the, the fellas out there. But, you know, Kuzma started off the game with really great um, three pointers to get some momentum and get some separation uh, in the lead early on in the game. I just don't know what it was that um, we had him on the sideline uh, for most of the game, or even in the beginning of the game when he was hot. I mean, 20 points in the first quarter. I would have kept him in and just I would have ridden Kuzma this entire game with that kind of performance in the first quarter, but. You know what are you gonna do um lakers lose in houston and we have uh the golden state warriors to look forward to so thanks for tuning in on the basketball uh lakers lakers basketball coverage we're going to be talking about championship sunday um nfc and afc championships up in this next segment thanks for tuning in Just like that, ladies and gentlemen, it is Championship Sunday tomorrow, NFC Championship Rams at the Saints, 12.05 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and then Patriots at Chiefs in Arrowhead, 3.40 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Great games, and then let's just get started on, you know, dissecting them a little bit. So with this Rams versus Saints game, I'm seeing an offensive showdown with uh, Sean McVay on one side and Sean Payton on the other. I think that it's going to come down to the defenses, um, allowing you know just how much time of possession one team is going to concede to the other. I think that's going to be a huge difference, and um, you know huge huge difference maker in this game. You know, from the Rams defense, you see Aaron Donald, Duncan Sue, and, you know, select players in that backfield. Or, um, for example, like a keep to leave um, that can actually make a difference of 
in covering, you know, offensive weapons like Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara, who's such a dual threat, um, running and catching the ball as well. And on the Saints defense, you see players on the line like Cameron Jordan, but also um, I think probably like the hugest turnaround in defenses um, with the Saints back um, you know, defensive backfield, which they've, you know, they've acquired in the first round, Marshawn Lattimore, um, who has 49 tackles, four first force fumbles and two interceptions this season, just playing really good defense. Uh, and they also have Eli Apple. I believe they grabbed him, if I'm not mistaken, um, from the Giants a while ago or who used to be a, an ex-Giant. Um, both of these defenses, I, I'm not, I'm going to say I'm not completely familiar with a hundred percent. Um, but I did, I do know that both of these defenses have actually just come together really well. I mean, on paper, they look amazing. They are amazing on paper. Um, and we have seen throughout the season, both of these defenses just play lights out, um, I just, I just want to know just how these defenses are going to be stacking up against the crazy offensive power. That's why I feel like as much as this game comes to, you know, owning the time of possession, it's really going to be about how crazy um, Drew Brees and how crazy um, Jared Goff can play, you know, in the pocket or, you know, make plays rushing outside of the pocket. Um, I also want to see these running backs um, play lights out and really affect this game um, in terms of the time of possession, which I was referencing. Uh, CJ Anderson and Todd Gurley for the Rams backfield. I mean, what a one-two punch those two have been uh, in the last couple of games. Just very important games as well for C.J. Anderson to just step into to the role that he stepped into. Allowing Jared Goff um, and Sean McVay to, you know, expand their play. play I'm sorry. Expand their play calling just a little bit more um, and open up opportunities for play action where you can hit a speeding um, Brandon Cooks or, you know, Robert Woods um, when you have such support from the running backs, you're able to do that. Um, you're able to take advantage of the passing game as well. And I think that's what the, what Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and Alvin Kamara um, are able to provide and have been uh, putting up on display um, throughout the season. I have heard talks that um, the team scoring-wise may have slowed down and puttered a little bit. But, you know, best believe that uh, last week they played, I think, uh, one of their best games and were able to pull off that win. So, I think they're going to be entering this Rams game uh, with all the confidence uh, in their offense and someone like Drew Brees, a very, you know, tested quarter, quarterback 
who's won a Super Bowl, he's going to want to uh, perform his absolute best. And you have um, Sean McVay, someone who um, played and lost to uh, Sean Payne the last three meetings. This is going to be their second meeting this year. They played last year. Um, and the time that they played this year, the Saints broke their uh, broke the Rams' undefeated streak. So I think Sean McVay is going to want to come into uh, New Orleans with a vengeance, with um, a chip on his shoulder. Um, and hopefully it's not one of those games where um, Sean Payton, you know, has... Sean McVay's number and I don't think that Sean McVay has a team right now that's that predictable um I think the talent on this team can definitely take them um beyond what Sean Payton can game plan I believe that goes both ways um for these teams but something tells me it goes more so in in the way um of the Rams in my opinion because I think that C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley present a much better backfield than Alvin Kamara and his counterpart in the backfield. So, really good game. Uh, if I'm going to pick a team, and you know, might as well the, the, the games are tomorrow. I'll, I'll pick a, I'll pick some scores and make some predictions here. So, I think that this is a high-scoring game. Um, I think. If the Rams start with the ball, that they'll be able to get up on the board. Um, and maybe it'll take the Saints one or two possessions to get kick-started uh, because of crazy Rams defense. I say Rams win. Um, Rams win. And Rams win 28 to... 27. I think it's going to be a close game. 28 to 27. Now, Patriots versus Chiefs. Uh, I know we were talking about this game a little bit earlier uh, in the week, but I want to also just make some more points that I've been uh, researching and continuing to hear in anticipation of this game. So the Patriots are now 6-0 in 2018 when Sonny Michel rushes for 75 yards or more. In the last meeting um, against the Chiefs, and I do have the notes. I, I think I have the notes for that. But in the last meeting against the Chiefs, uh, Sonny Michel had 24 carries, 106 yards, two touchdowns, and of course that was a win. I think the Patriots can game plan another big um, rushing game for their running back, um, their rookie running back, Sonny Michelle. And I think the backfield for the Patriots um, is sort of a complementary system in and of itself. It's like a game within a game. And I think um, Josh McDaniels, and maybe even you know under the direction part partial direction of um, Bill Belichick, they're able to play to these running backs' strengths, so that if either one of these running backs are maybe faltering, 
the other one just picks up the pace. And when that happens, I think they're all able to perform their best. Um, Sonny Michelle, he definitely splits carries, you know, with Rex Burkhead. He gives up passing yards, uh, I mean passing plays, to uh, James White. So everyone here plays complementary football, even in this um, compendium of running backs. So... That's one thing to make note of, and I think the, the Pats will game plan Sonny into another 75-plus yard game to give them greater chance to win. The Chiefs, however, are 8-1 and one at home this season, um, and it, like I mentioned that last podcast, the defense gets a boost because they are playing at home. The only thing is, I feel... I feel that the Chiefs do play complementary football. I mean, their defense makes plays so that their crazy offense can get going on the field, and that's how they are able to complement each other. What I think the Patriots have to do here is we have to expose one of these phases of the game and blow it up. For the Chiefs, either it's on offense, we stop um, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey make um, Patrick Mahomes one-dimensional, or slash and we dissect the zones, um, or essentially body um, the defense of the Chiefs by running all over them. Um, it's usually how the Patriots attack ga- uh, games and teams. Um, so ideally, we want to stop Mahomes on third downs. For example, um, for example, what I'm saying, like make the make the make the making the Chiefs more dim- one dimensional. I think is going to come down to um, our ability to take away drives from the Chiefs. Um, we obviously want Mahomes to touch the ball as few times as possible. And when we do have, or when he does have the ball, we want to be able to confuse him as many times as possible. When we saw the Chiefs earlier this season, on October 14, I think the defense called was just phenomenal. I think we did just enough to confuse and fluster uh, Patrick Mahomes, but what's going to have to change this game is we're going to have to just get to him more, and it'll be easier, I think, because they don't have the rushing attack and rush potential that they had when Kareem Hunt was in the backfield, so... I know that we have a superior ability to play that smash mouth football that the Chiefs sort of lost ability to do so. So I think that's going to be one of the biggest uh, discrepancies in the game if we can have that leaning in our direction, meaning if we can have most of the rush yards in the game, I think we run away with the win. Um, And... You know, this offensive line and this offense, it's been clicking in in a way that gives me confidence that we will go out there and execute a game plan um, to a T. It's what this Patriot, um, it's what this Patriots team is, um, 
known for doing executing great strategic game plans um tearing the strengths of teams apart but the only thing is we haven't been able to do it this season on the road we're three and five three and four on the road can we do it in arrowhead when it when it matters the most and that's what we're going to find out tomorrow very exciting game um i'm going to call it obviously i'm going to be biased i don't care um but i do think it's going to be uh, a little bit more high scoring game than the rams and saints games because these defenses aren't i think as stout or aren't as potent in uh stopping scoring uh, as i think the rams and saints may be so i'm going to give it a 38 to 28 38 to 28 win for the patriots and we're going to see the rams and the patriots in the playoffs I mean, in the, <laughs> we're going to see the Rams and the Patriots in the Super Bowl rematch of the 2001 Super Bowl. The Rams are going to want to win it more than anything. I believe so. But Patriots win the Super Bowl over the Rams. And I'm even going to go on a limb and say that score is going to be 44 to 41. Patriots win the Super Bowl 44 to 41. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great night and stay tuned for more episodes. Continue to spread the word about game night with Eddie. As always, it's been a pleasure. Go Lakers. Go Patriots. Championship Sunday tomorrow. Deuces.